0: Our service is going to look a little bit different today. And, uh, hey, if you're a guest, I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you would see the joy that we have. Out of curiosity, who was a prisoner is now free. Can I get an amen? Come on. How awesome is that?
1: Church family, just close your eyes for a moment. And I just want you to sit in the presence of God. Sit in his love for you. And whatever you're facing in life, sit in his strength and empowerment on you. Sit in his victorious love. Oh, holy God, I don't know if there are words that, even in our own English language, we have to truly describe how incredible and matchless you are. Thank you so much, God, for your love. Thank you, you meet us right where we're at every single moment of our lives. Whether we're in the valley or on top of the mountain, you will never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we thank you so much for that. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that took our sin upon his shoulders and went to that cross, crucified, dying a horrific death for us. He took our place. It should have been us. But your love for God so loved, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father. God, as we just get done, we just got done singing, our heart and prayer is that we would experience revival. That if there are any souls in this room, in this moment, that are absolutely just asleep spiritually, would you awaken us? would you reveal things to us? If there's the enemy of our soul that has put a veil over our eyes trying to distract us from different angles, I pray against it in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. God, we pray that we would burn brighter. We pray that as we will leave here whenever the service ends, Lord, that we would say our fire is hotter than it was than we came in. But God, may it not go out the next six days until we come back here again in a week. God, there are things that we have to do to tend to the fire, to keep it burning. Would you reveal those things to us that we can implement throughout the week, that we can tend to the fire, that we can walk in faith and walk in obedience to our Savior, Jesus Christ. This world needs to know who you are, Jesus. You've given that message to us Give us boldness. Give us courage to live it out. And we pray this in the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You guys can take a seat. As Pastor Brandon had mentioned, this service is going to look a little bit different. And every once in a while, that's okay. I realized this service was going to look different last week. During this service, when I sat right there, we were in worship, and I think Pastor Brandon or someone was on stage talking about something, and we were getting ready to go into a song together, and I got like this heavenly digital download, and uh, I didn't have any paper or pencil or pen to write on, and so I jumped up and went to the back green room where the worship team hangs out, and... I grabbed a napkin and a pen. And uh, I'm a note taker on napkins. I mean, if we go to a restaurant, I take notes on napkins. We draw things out. That's just how weird I am and operate. But I really felt the Lord saying, These three things are for Radiant Life. And I was like, Well, God, I already kind of had a plan for next week. Like, there's a message that I wanted to deliver synchronized. Nope, stop. Mine or yours? You're playing God. And so if you're a guest with us, even a regular tender again, this is going to look a little different, and that's okay. We're going to have part five of our series, God in Us, and we still are a little bit, but I'm going to reveal some things that God really showed me. And then three main things that I really felt like the Lord had a word for us. Um, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and I love the way that Paul begins his letter to those people. In in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, it reads this way. To the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. So immediately we get, who's Paul writing to? Christians, the faithful saints. They're Christians, right? They have already believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're gathering as a church, and Paul's writing a letter to the faithful servants there. Now, I'm going to give us some truth this morning that we need to live into, And then I'll get to the three things that I believe that God digitally downloaded to me in that moment. Um, Then Paul's going to tell them about something to remember that you have as a faithful saint. As a faithful Christian, you have these things. A little further in verse 7, it reads this way. In him, referring to Jesus, we have. These don't go away. You have these. Redemption through his blood. Come on. You know what that word redemption is? It literally is the term that means you are bought out of slavery. That was the price paid. That you once were in slavery, we were bound in sin, but it covered now in the blood of Jesus Christ, we are free. And that's what redemption means. That you as Christians, he's reminding them, and it's truth today, we have redemption through his blood, through Jesus Christ's blood on the cross. Then he says, You also have the forgiveness of sins. You can walk in freedom now. You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not your um, shame and guilt. You are free in the name of Jesus, forgiven, covered by the blood in the name of Jesus to walk in freedom now. That is a beautiful thing, friends. And remember, what is Paul, who is he writing to? Faithful saints they needed to be reminded of what they have now at salvation, what they now have in Jesus Christ. Then in verse 13, Paul's going to tell the faithful saints, when you believed, when you came into salvation, you were marked in him with a seal. Who's the seal? The promised Holy Spirit. So you are redeemed by Jesus' blood. You are forgiven of your sins. We are in right standing with God now. And when that happens, when we believed, we are marked with a seal within us, the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is now God in you, dwelling in you. And then. Remember, can we say faithful servants again one more, one more time? One, two, three. He's writing to the faithful servants. Redemption through his blood. You have the forgiveness of sins. Listen, you're marked with the seal of Holy Spirit in you. You're sealed with him. And then he tells him, tells the faithful servants, the Christians... In Ephesus chapter, or Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Pastor Brandon briefly mentioned it last week. And don't get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless living, but be what, friends? Filled by the Spirit. So what is he reminding them? You're redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're bought back. You have forgiveness of sins. Listen, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then what does he say? but be filled with it. I thought when I came at salvation, I, I, I have the Holy Spirit. You do. The question is, is there a continual filling of who he is? The words here in the Greek, we, it literally means to be continually filled by the Spirit. Continually filled by. Think about the disciples in John chapter 20. It says Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And that moment in the disciples' life, in John chapter 20, the disciples were smart by a seal in their lives, the Holy Spirit. But if you know the story of what happens in Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit now fills them. Complete influence of who they are. I love what Pastor Tony Evans says about this. He says this. When you come to Christ, you are indwelt by the Spirit because you're marked with the seal, the Holy Spirit. He's in you. And he will never leave you. But being filled by the Spirit is different. A person filled by the Spirit is under the Spirit's influence. Oh. Sit in this question. Whose influence are you under? Could be yourself and the flesh, the enemy of your soul. Or you're going to be influenced by the Spirit. And when I was sitting there, I was reminded oh, God says, I want to fill you, I want a fresh outpouring. But I need to remind Radiant Life two to three things. And these are the things. Don't let your lid limit my unlimited filling. See, First Corinthians 16, 6 verse 19 says that you and I are the temple of the Spirit of God. You and I are containers of the Spirit of God. Sealed, marked by Him. The Holy Spirit indwelling us at the moment of salvation. What the Spirit reminded me is, spirits marked by water all throughout Scripture. We looked at that at week one, if you remember. He says, I want to fill you so your life can be empowered to live for all the struggles that this, sinless, this sinful, broken world has. But here's the problem. I desire to fill you. But it's not going in. Because what's the problem? There's a lid. And the lid is quenching and grieving me. And this lid could be anything from your disobedience to your sin in your life. That if we're truly honest, and I love you, that we're walking by that sin and not by the Spirit. This could represent just the theology that we have. And I get it. When you start talking Holy Spirit, you think, oh, no, the church is going to get crazy. You know what the Lord told me? I've shared a little bit about my story about how I saw the spirit just abused in the church and then I said, nope, I don't want the spirit. And I had to learn to constantly learn to give that open. I had to start journaling and this was my journaling. God, I wanna be open to all of you, not two thirds of you. And maybe for some of us, we just have to deconstruct Some of our theology that we have or belief about it. So the Spirit can say, Oh, you don't need that anymore. Now let's do life together. And I will fill you and fill you and fill you. And if I had more water, I would keep pouring. Now. That addiction, I've empowered you to get over it. That marriage struggle, I've empowered you to help get through it. I've given you the power now to go in life and deal with the things that lie ahead. I've empowered you. I have filled you. Constantly, And guess what? If I had more and I'd pull, obviously it would be overflowing and pouring out. Because my filling was never always just meant for you. My filling was to have boldness to go reach this lost world. So what's your lid? What could possibly be your lid where Holy Spirit's trying to fill you, but he's like, hey, I'm just, I'm hitting your lid. Here's the second word or phrase. Don't let your posture block my presence. I've done probably more research on the last year and a half, 18 to 24 months on posture in worship and in prayer all throughout scripture looking at it. If you were to clench your hands like this and let's say your best friend or a family member Who deeply loves you. Think of that one person you know that I'm so loved by them. Tried handing you a present. And they're so excited for you to open it up and see what it is. But your hands are like this. Could you receive it? Maybe hold the box. But question. Could you open to the fullness of that gift? And you can't. Because your posture needs to go from closed to open. Don't let your posture block his presence. Are you open? Are you open? And then the third thing. Don't let your excuse be the barrier to my encountering. Because I know there are moments, and I know this, I've had conversations with several of you. I wanted to go down to the front, but I I, I didn't want to scoot in front of my family to get down to the front to pour my heart out to God. I love you. Don't let your excuse be the barrier to my encountering. I get it. There's a lot of people and I I don't want to make it about me. Listen, in your worship, it's almost like no one else is in this room but you and God. I love Pastor David Guzik says this. Much of the weakness, defeat, and lethargy in our spiritual life can be contributed to the fact that we are not constantly being filled with Holy Spirit. The key word, constantly being filled. He goes on, and I love this. Here's the question he asks. He asks this. We shouldn't say, have you been filled? We should say, are you filled Have you been filled seems like it's a one-time occurrence, an event, and it's over. The question is right now in this moment, are you filled by the Spirit? Are you filled? The team's going to lead us into the next song. It's called Oceans. And I know for a lot of you when you begin to hear these things, and I want to just quickly, I'm going to show you those three things again. I know it can be scary and uncomfortable. You know how I know? Because I've been exactly in your shoes where I said, no, not doing it. But when you finally say, I'm open, God, to whatever you have for me, the filling is incredible. Incredible. And there's a line in this song that says something along the lines, I'm going to butcher every song, but something along the lines of Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. I want to go, Holy Spirit, wherever you want me to go. And I may be scared to go into the deep end of faith with you, but I'm holding on that you are good and you've got good plans for me and that I need your constant filling because I got some things in life, God, that is only God possible and God's sitting there going, let me fill you. Trust me. I'm a good, good father who loves you, who loves you deeply. So church family, I'm gonna ask you to stand and we're gonna worship. And I pray that we collectively, as Pastor Brandon says, coals together, will worship to this song. they will truly say, Spirit, lead me. And I'm going to open up our front altars or the sides. You can go to the sides. If you just need to come down and just pour your heart out to God, you can pour out in praises. You can pour out saying, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. The the altar and the stage on the sides, they're open for just you and God moments. But church family, let us truly, truly say, God, open the lid. Open the lid. Open my posture. I want more of you. I trust you wherever you lead me.
0: Let's worship. The enemy of our soul is real. And that lid, the excuses... Our posture, and I'm wondering if the enemy is trying to put fear into your mind right now. There are hundreds of verses in our Holy Bible that talk about not, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. One of my favorite, Joshua 1, 9 have Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He has nothing but good things for you, friends. Imagine if we were a church, a movement of people, that we took the lid off and we were filled with the Holy Spirit, not for us, but for other people how our community would be radically changed by that because we we pray a prayer of God, take me out into the deep waters where my feet can't touch anymore because I have to solely trust on you. And so, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus against a a spirit of fear right now. We pray that you would take us into deeper waters, Father. We need you. Would you guide us? Take us into the deeper water, Father. We pray against fear in the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing when we truly, truly say, God,
1: I'm all in. God went all in with you when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. There is no part-time Christianity. There's only full-time followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. I love this quote. Will you click on that second portion there? Without the spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind. We are useless. Charles Spurgeon, the evangelist, the pastor. We need the presence of God in our lives. The question I have for you is how much will we let Holy Spirit consume? How much will you let Holy Spirit consume? Because Jesus Christ paid a high price on the cross to not have a portion of you but to have all of you. And he will lead you where you need to go. You just have to trust and say, I'm open to whatever you have for me. When I pulled up this morning, I pulled up in my van and I normally just walk right in. And as I walk from my van to the office, I normally pray for the service. But this time I stayed in my van, I turned it off and I played worship music. And I was just praying, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall and touch people where they need to be touched today. If you touch one, that's a win in the kingdom. (laughs) And I was staring at the church and I saw this beautiful thing happen. I saw where the church had a lid and it literally popped open and God was pouring into us. I just said, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us because we can't do this alone. We need you in our lives. To witness to people, to make marriages work, to make family work, to be a diligent worker in this world, to reach my neighbor and witness well. We need you, Holy Spirit. So let me ask a question, as we did every single week in this series, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? At this time, we're going to invite our prayer partners down to the corners. And still, if you need to come to the altar, the altar is open. We're going to sing a song called, This is a Move. And when you finally get out of the part-time boat and be a full-time follower and disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to see a move of God. You're going to see him move. You're going to see him move your mountain. And when you're in the valley, you're going to find strength to make it through the valley. You're going to find the strength to love people who are so difficult to love. You're going to find the strength to love them. You're going to find the strength to forgive when the deep root of bitterness actually grew in your heart. We need to move. So if you need prayer, our prayer partners are down there. The altars are still open, but we're going to worship and asking Holy Spirit, please just keep coming and filling. But let me pray. Father God, if we have the lid, may it come off. If we have a bad posture, may we change and be open to something new and we if we have an excuse may we now have obedience we want you to move god do what only you can do and this church will bring blessing and honor and glory to your name we pray that in jesus name amen i truly believe this is going to be a year that the lord's going to awaken us to more of him to more of him God's good. Man, he's good. You know, we started this service with a new song that we've never sang before called House of the Lord. And in it, we talk about having joy and shouting our praises. You know why you and I, as followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, you know why you and I can still have joy In the midst of all pain and struggle in this world, it's because our joy is not based on circumstance. Our joy is based on the salvation of the Lord. That's why. That doesn't negate struggles and heartaches. We still have them. But what's beauty is we don't have to mope and linger in them. We'll work through the emotions with the help and empowerment of the Spirit. And our eyes not looked on that, but looked upon him. So we started with that song, and we're going to close with that song. Because now you heard it, and you tried singing to it. Now you know the rhythm. Now I know you will worship to it, and you're going to be loud. I just know it. I know it now. Right? So as we close, let's remember, this is the house of the Lord because it's all of us, and we're going to shout our praises so the devil can hear us and let him know, hey, you're defeated, and there's victory in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're covered by his blood. Remember that. We have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of his sins. May you walk in that. Walk in that truth this morning and beyond. So let's get our last song, and let's worship one last time.